What up, guys? Welcome to On the Break. Back with you for another episode. We got the uh, full squad today. It's Kyle Beats. We got Josh in here. We got J Mac, fresh from New York. It's been a while. How you guys doing? Good, man. What's going on? Not much. How about you, Josh? How you been? Hey, doing good. I'm glad to be back. Um, I'm glad to this be back. week has been, dude. Me too. <laughs> this this week has been midterms week in school. I'm going back to school for something, and it's just been miserable, my guy. Like it's been it's been tough. So thanks for being patient with me, guys. Yeah, man. We've they, explained this hierarchy, Josh. It's podcast one, right? Life goals two. <laughs> the the rest comes after that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I uh, no, I appreciate I appreciate you guys holding everything down. You guys been doing great uh, with me being gone and everything, and it's gratifying to see you guys just pick it up and keep moving. Even when I'm out of the office, I've been working on this new website and everything, which launches in the next day or so, and uh, getting a lot of other content stuff together. So a lot of exciting stuff. Uh, but thank you guys for holding it down. Dude, that's what we're here for. We're here to talk basketball. That's what me and Josh do. You are the uh, the brains and all the work behind the scenes, so we appreciate you. Of course, man. Also, yeah. the talent. <laughs> <laughs> I try, but no, you guys you guys are killing it out here. It, it, it's Somebody needs to keep things entertaining when basketball just kind of all around fucking sucks right now. It's Dude, It's we're in a weird spot where there's, what, 15 to, like, 20 games left. Like, I... I I was telling you guys this earlier. I think the NBA season needs to be shorter, and I understand the implications of that and why that'll probably never happen because of revenue. Mm -hmm. Same reason they may not add teams because of revenue. They don't want to share any revenue. But it would be way more exciting if we were just going into the playoffs right now. Yeah. So tell me that. Tell me more about the pluses of a shorter season. So career longevity, right, from the player's standpoint. From the league standpoint, I think you would have more interest in every regular season game. If you trim it from 82 to 62, I think every game matters a little bit more. And you don't have this October to fucking June season, which is just outrageous. Guys like me and you, we're all staying involved, right? But the casual fan gets bored, trust me. And I just think if every game mattered more, you know, I think it would, I think it would be better for the game. I'm ready for the playoffs right now. Do you think these next 15 games are going to tell us? A whole lot? No. So I don't think they're going to tell us who's a better team. I think that these next 15 games are very exciting, knowing that, like, the Thunder are three games out from being a two and getting to play the Clippers instead of the Spurs. Like, that's a big deal. Sure. Um, the, like, the Nuggets are two games back from the Warriors, dude. Could they pull out a one seed? True. Like, that's, True. That's a big deal um, to me. So – I really like the length of the season. I think that once you take away from the length of the season, you're going to start to see these uh, points in the season, three-pointers in a season, like just stay there for forever, those those records. Yeah, and that's, that kind of, that's it. I've got that, a, that kind of is tough. Let me ask you guys this. What if they did away with the trade deadline and just kept it to where you have to have a certain amount of time to be eligible for a playoff roster? And that way you don't have teams giving up in February. Yes. Okay. I could get on board with that because the point Josh just made is the reason it really will never happen is the records, you know, you can't, it's been 82 games for as long as I can remember. They're not, they're not going to change that. Um, But I don't know. My my biggest issue is like, I just don't feel like these games matter because Justin, you're a big baseball guy. It's crazy to me that after 161 games, teams are tied for, (laughs) tied for, Fourth seed, right? Yeah, there was like to get into the wild card. This past year, 
there was a play-in game for a play-in game. <laughs> right. That's crazy. And, like, that's exciting, right, after yeah. 162 games. But to have half the sample size and rarely be in that situation in basketball, maybe I'm just being impatient, typical millennial. I'm, I want what I want, and I'm ready for for the – you know, because it's like, dude, there's only seven, six, seven teams that really fucking matter. Well, and we've talked about this so many times, too. What you ultimately have to do is decentivize uh, tanking, because that's the problem is half the teams in the league just <laughs> quit. And then it's boring as hell when you walk in like the Mavericks completely threw in the towel this year. <laughs> and there's there, don't get me wrong. There's great things happening on the court for us that know what we're really looking at. But for the casual fan, that's a bad basketball. Whenever Dude. Dwight Powell comes out of the game as your top scorer and scores 20, that's a problem. <laughs> Speaking of tanking, did you see that the Lakers lost to the Suns the other day? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's intentional or unintentional, but holy shit. I think the Suns were trying to lose that game and they still fucking won somehow. I the know. Suns were trying to lose, and the Lakers were trying to win, and they lost. <laughs> they lost. Dude, that's we'll, hilarious. We'll talk about the debacle that is the Lakers here in a minute. But I know what you're oh, saying. I mean, I, I know that all these games matter. And, hell, I can remember even in the last probably – within the last five years, I would say, it came down to, like, games like 70 for the Mavericks of whether they were going to be – or. You know, like it, it came down yeah. to it at the very, very end, sure. and that's when it's exciting. But man, whenever t half the league is tanking, it makes it really hard to be exciting. Yeah, I mean, Mavericks lost by thirty to Memphis and thirty nine to New York. You're not yeah. fucking trying. And dude, Lucas' usage is down like half to what it was before the All Star break. But I think the Mavs' strategy is they can still get a top five pick, and if they finish, I saw uh, this thing on. Twitter, if they finish sixth worst record in the league, which they're not far from right now, they're eighth, and they can mathematically get there easily, they have a 43% chance of getting a top five pick. Wait, but they, they don't have their yeah. first-round pick this year. They have a top they five protection. Top five oh, I didn't know that was a protected pick. Yeah, so if and they get the sixth yeah. worst record, then they have a almost a 50% chance of getting a top five pick to pair with Luka and KP. Holy fuck. It's all about the lottery, too. Like, it's just like, it, even if they, get, if they just get in the lottery, they have a chance at that top five pick. Yeah, and, okay. and I think Cuban says, okay, we're at the all-star break. Does it make more sense to really push Luca who played a professional season last year and didn't really come into this season fully rested and go get slaughtered maybe as the eighth seed by golden state or should, Hey, should we push to try to get a top five pick? It makes more sense to do that. You get a cam reddish or throw that in there with Luca or KP that could potentially alter the franchise even more. So that's true. I genuinely think that it's better for a sophomore to go into the playoffs for their first playoff experience than a rookie, especially someone that's going to be running the offense like that. Just because you have another, you have two regular seasons to find out what the NBA is like, and then you have the next season you get to find out what the playoffs are like and how it's different. Like you have to have a little bit more time before you go into the playoffs. Fair. Um, it's and I I do think that like a lot of this is you're going to be fighting sophomore slumps, especially if you're in a position where. If you think that the Mavericks can compete next year with Golden State probably getting blown up, they're not going to compete for a championship, but they'll compete for maybe a second round. Yeah. Um, I would rather have them tank this year, pick up another player, even if he's just a role player for a year, and then compete next year for a second round. Yeah, and the point, the second point you made of you know freshman versus sophomore or rookie versus sophomore going into the playoffs, I think that's most important for ball handlers. Like for DeAndre Ayton, who's definitely not going to make the playoffs, but a guy like that, it might not matter. But for someone yeah. that runs the offense, that does matter. Uh, but yeah. I don't want to stay too too Mavs heavy. Uh, but I do think that if KP is KP and they land 
two decent free agents or one big one, I think they can compete for it. They'll be a top seven contender next year. If Porzingis plays like he like he's shown that he can, and right. they land even one free agent, they're a top they're a top five contender. I think. Correct. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think I'm, as long as Porzingis shows up even halfway as good as he was is the biggest key there, though. Which yep. he should be, but that was a pretty that was a major injury he had. But he's also sat out for like a year plus. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's just getting it right. He looks pretty confident, so I I trust him to put the work oh. in. I, I'm excited. I mean, I think every Mavs is. I, I already uh, I'm working on re upping my season tickets right now because you get the uh, if you do it before July, you guys should look into it. I think it's July first or maybe July thirtieth, somewhere in July. If you do it before then, you get to. Uh, keep the same price, which right. is going to go up yeah. next year with that roster, dude. He uh, that's a whole other thing. Uh, I don't know that I, it will. Jeez, um, I don't think that his game's not predicated on uh, athleticism either. So I don't think the injury is going to be any type of problem for him. Once he gets his shooting stroke back, he'll be fine. And it, well, and it's and to add to what I said before, it's not like he's just been sitting on his ass for a year and a half. Like he's working out, you know. Yeah, dude, right. dude's putting in work for he, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's just doing nothing. So. And uh, we're going to get to this Boston situation here in a moment, which I find us in an interesting place where Celtics and Lakers are the most historical franchises in the NBA. And it's funny that the, you know, kind of the subplots or behind the scenes of those two franchises are probably the biggest shit shows right now, even more than the Knicks, which is insane. Uh, But as we kind of come down the stretch here, I think Boston obviously is the clear pick, but what other teams that are, you know, quote unquote contenders, which there's probably, you know, call it eight or nine, do you have like the most or the least confidence in? As far you, as winning a playoff series, or are we talking about missing the playoffs? No. Which team do you have the most confidence in that you're seeing? Hey, I like the way this team is playing to really push Golden State. And which team do you say, you know, hey, I was high on them now and or I was high on them. You know, maybe at the beginning mid, of the season through the year, and now yeah. I'm just not feeling them because the team that I'm really pick, that's picking up traction for me that I'm like this team can compete even though they're getting their ass whooped tonight is Toronto. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with my pick that I've had for the entire year, which is the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think they've been to me more impressive than Golden State has. Like yeah. they they do everything right. Um, and I think they by far have the best chance in the league. The pundits that I hear or like the knock that I hear on them is people say like, is Giannis going to take over in the, in the, in the fourth quarter? Like he can't close out a game cause he doesn't have a shot, but dude, look at his like plus minus in the fourth quarter and, and in clutch time. Like he's really good. He's like top 20 in the league. I think he's a really great player and he knows how to take over, even though he doesn't have a jump shot. He has that great turnaround. Um, 12, 10 footer. And he's, it doesn't matter if you have a jump shot or not, if you can go past people left and right and you're stronger than everybody, you know, and bigger than everybody. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's just, I don't, for me, like watching all the teams play, there's not a team in the league to me that even comes close to golden state, except for Milwaukee. That's where my head's at. I'm the same way. And I think my disappointment is the Celtics. I mean, that this Celtics team stinks. Like they stink and they are, uh, there's no part of it that's good. And I, I think at this point that the Boston media has pretty much run Kyrie right out of town. Dude, they are packing his fucking bags, checking him into the airport and getting him on a plane to New York, which, and I can't say I necessarily blame them. I don't either. I don't either. 
But hey, I'm, just, I'm reading this right here. Article from CBS Sports today. Jalen Brown says the locker room is toxic. I mean, yeah. that's a quote that he used. And I mean, he doesn't seem like a really outspoken kind of guy to, you know, say that for no reason. I think that's genuine. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the clear answer, Boston. So I'm going to go with a different answer. The team that I'm just, I don't have the confidence in them because the more I watch them, I think this is just pure regular season success is the Nuggets. Uh, and I've lost a little, I've lost a little, a little faith in my guys on, in OKC. I really actually, the more I look at it down the stretch, I still think Houston has the best chance in the West to challenge Golden State because of the style of ball they play. I, um, OKC hasn't been playing great. Because, that's because Paul George has been out um, portion, portionally. Um, he's actually back this tonight before they announced that he was going to be active tonight i was really worried because he missed like four games in a row and that's when you start getting concerned um i still have in the last 10 they're five and five i think he's missed four get four of those games and they've Correct. lost a couple but um they lost all four they lost all four of them yeah yes. that's that's tough um i have a concern just because russ hasn't been as good as he should be really um paul george is an mvp candidate if he continues to play like that but at, at some point, like in the playoffs, you have seven games to figure out how a person scores, and defense generally wins a playoff series. Correct. So I have concerns about whether or not Paul George is going to be able to continue what he does for seven games against somebody, or four, however many he needs to. Right. How do y'all feel about my my Denver thoughts, though? Like, do you think I'm crazy for thinking Denver's got a good young core? They've been a great regular season team. I can see, depending on who gets, if the Spurs get the seven seed. I can see the Spurs going in Denver and beating them. Denver is, is a poor man's like old Spurs. <laughs> like they, I watched him play the other night and I like, really scouted them and really paid attention. They do everything right, man. Like they play great defense. They rotate well on defense. They look like it looks like college basketball is what it looks like because they're all sharing the ball correctly. They're right. all rotating correctly. They play great defense. Like they, but they don't have that one person that can yeah. take over. Who do I Jokic say, go can, get me buckets? Yeah, exactly. Jokic can kind of do it, but it's more of a Jokic is going to make the right play. Um, you know, so if in in my – if I'm that team at the end of the game, I'm not drawing up a play for one player. I'm running a regular their regular offense and just moving the ball. Yep. That right. team, that team could have won a championship. That is concerning. That team could have won a championship 12 years ago, right, in the way the yeah. NBA was played then. Not now. Uh and going back to your Milwaukee point, I think people are crazy. I am not big on Milwaukee as you guys are, but it's almost like the polar opposite reason of what you expressed. Giannis is my least concern if they get to the finals and they're playing the Warriors. I have no concerns about Giannis closing out in the fourth quarter. That dude is – I mean, you can argue he's the best player in the league. Like he's obviously up there. My concern is, is if we double Giannis, who is going to step up? Chris Middleton? I Eric Bledsoe? I mean, maybe – but I like – if you look at the one through eight, right, you look at your eight-man rotation, I think it's hard to argue that Toronto's eight-man rotation is not better. Eric Bledsoe's been really so, good this year, and I've, I've killed yes. him on this podcast before. And Dude, he's yeah, damn he, good this year. I used to hate Eric Bledsoe's game, but you're right, Justin. I mean, he's been great this year, and the, the extension they got him, four for 70 at 17 and a half? <laughs> yeah. Steal, dude. Look, there's a lot That's worse players yeah. making 17 and a half million. No doubt. Yeah, dude. Chandler Parsons. Um, oh my god! I, I think but it's I Eric Bledsoe wants to win too, right? Yeah, because he could have gone and got more in the open yeah. market. No doubt, dude. To be honest with you, 
I am, if I'm in the playoffs and I have Giannis on my team, I'm saying, please double him, like double him because he can pass, man. And they've got four shooters around him at all times. True. You've got a seven footer that's pulling freaking 40 foot jump shots from the, from the circle. Like that, that team just rains threes when people double Giannis. Dude, and you're so right. And they, and seeing them in person, seeing that ball movement was fantastic. There's 9.1 point differential. That's, you know, 2.6 better than the next best, which is the Warriors. Uh, I agree with everything you're saying, Josh. I guess where my mindset is, is let's let's take Kawhi and Giannis out because they kind of, even though they're way different, they almost, they're they're pretty equal, right? Kawhi's a better defender. Giannis is a little more dominant offensively. Let's take them out and let's look at these role players. I know you want to talk the Giannis-Kawhi conversation. I'm asking you to please remove those <laughs> and look at the role players. Brooke Lopez is shooting great. Don't trust him in the playoffs. Malcolm Brogdon, good player, hasn't been there. Eric Bledsoe hasn't been there. Chris Middleton hasn't been there. Now let's go to the Raptors. Kyle Lowry, historically pretty bad, but he's been in more playoff series. Danny Green, champion. I trust him making a three more than any of those guys. So what my point is, if Kawhi gets doubled, Giannis gets doubled, I like my role players on Toronto more to step up, and I think they're an overall better defensive team, especially if we're talking about matching up against Golden State. So I can understand where you're coming from. I but like, I think I think it was Kobe said. Oh gosh, I can't. I'm going to think of the quote in a little bit. No, it was Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson said, "A team will always beat a group of individuals." And Milwaukee looks like the team amongst all the teams. They look like a better team to me than Golden State. Um, and I think that they get more out of each of their players than any other team in the league. Yeah, but we never know if Golden State – like, we don't know how far their foot is on the pedal, right? We don't know if they're playing oh, 70 sure. 90%. And, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, Milwaukee's a better team than Toronto overall. I, I'm just – I'm in this mindset of Golden State's going to fucking cakewalk to the finals. Yeah, And Toronto sure. – if I just look at it, Kawhi against KD, uh, Pau Siakam against uh, Draymond. Clay. No, Clay. You put him on Clay, dude. He can lock Clay. He's faster and bigger and longer and stronger. Like, I really, really like those matchups. And let's say KD's off that night. Were you talking about OG or wait? No, I'm talking about Siakam because he plays the four. Dude, but Siakam can guard. Okay, put Siakam on KD. Put Kawhi. Just move them all up one. Yeah. Put Kawhi on Steph. I like that better. Yeah. Kawhi can shut down any point guard, bro. Like he was, I watched them play the uh, Blazers the other night when he hit that game winner on the baseline, which was just money. And uh, it's cool seeing his game elevate like that. And like if CJ McCollum made a shot, he would guard CJ McCollum and fucking shut him down. And then yeah. Dame Lillard would make a shot and he would shut down Dame. And dude, Dame to me is like elevated to a top 10 player this year. Dude, you need to – if you never have, like, YouTube Kawhi Leonard's best defensive plays or, like, a Kawhi Leonard defensive highlights, it's insane, dude. Like, he just makes people look stupid when he's locked in. Um, but, yeah, he's a great – he's a great, great defender. Um, and they match up better. You're exactly right on the defensive end. But I, I just think that they can't keep up with the Golden State either. They don't pass the ball nearly as well as Milwaukee does. Milwaukee's ball movement – shocked me in person it's really impressive they spread the floor they're accurate passes they're quick passes uh i think that's a a, a lot of that is coaching but it, they're yeah, yeah it's gonna be inter- it's gonna be interesting so there's I mean, three teams in the league right now that are the prototype for future nba offenses and that's golden state denver and milwaukee right 
They have the three prettiest offenses in the league. Actually, bo- both of you, do you think Eastern Conference just comes down to Milwaukee and Toronto and we can ride off Philly? Yeah. I, do. I don't know if I can ride them off. Yeah, I really like Philly, actually. Um, I, I honestly think if you gave me a top four, I think I'd take like top four against top four. I think I'd take the East over the West. In, in what series <laughs> do you like Philadelphia to come out the winner? What do you mean? I think like, Philly has a better chance of beating Milwaukee than Toronto. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Dude, but, to, picking up Tobias Harris might have been better for them than picking up Jimmy Butler. That guy's freaking good. It, it absolutely was better. Efficient. Yeah. I think they re-signed Tobias and let Jimmy walk because they're both free agents this year. They're definitely going to let yeah. Jimmy Butler walk. I can tell you that much. That's what I would do. Fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah that's He's what I not going to get what he, th- what he thinks he is. Um, you know what he does do well is he scores at the end of the game well, which yeah, I really like. Jimmy Butler's they, a good player. It's an attitude thing. Yeah. They played Golden State really tight. Golden State didn't have Clay, but Philadelphia didn't have Joel Embiid. So – Clay more of a difference maker than Joel, you know? No. So they play them really tight. You're right. When I look at it on paper, I like the top four on the East better than top four in the West, but Houston's just absolutely murdering Toronto in Toronto right now. So I, it, it's hard. Dude, Houston's looking good. Houston could be the second best team in the league for all we know. It's it's pretty yeah. it's pretty wild. But they're still uh, going to run into the same problem that they've they've run into in pre- recent years that just doesn't work in a seven game what, series. Chris Paul's a pussy. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just discredit myself completely. That will all- get the most obscure injuries. Hey, you're that not going to hurt he does. everything. You're not going to hear any arguing about out of me about Chris <laughs> yeah. Paul being a pussy because the best narrative in basketball is the fact that that asshole doesn't have a ring. And may uh, never. Uh, I hope he does. Yeah, he's Let's- probably will never get one. Let's th- divulge into your your Boston Celtics a little bit here, Justin. Where is your mind at as like a true Boston fan? Because I'm a Boston hater a little bit, and I'm on the outside looking in, saying, "Is Brad Stevens overrated? Is I don't think Kyrie can be a number one on a championship team. I think he's proven that he can be a number one on a 35 win team and score a lot of points." Yep. So that's where my head. Yes. Is. So I yes, think, on all accounts. Yeah. I. Well, okay. So Brad Stevens is not overrated. I mean, we've seen tons of coaches that have had really good teams that have muddled their way through a season and just somehow not come out. It happens. But my main point or problem is the fact that, and we already hit on this a little bit already, and this happens a lot in Boston. You guys are seeing it firsthand, but this happens with the Red Sox. This happens with the Patriots. This happens with the Bruins. And this happens with the Celtics where the media keeps just runs the guy out of town, basically. How many more times does Kyrie have to answer the question of, I want to be a Celtic next year, for them to stop asking him the goddamn question? If you ask him every single time you put a camera in his face, which is every fucking night, guess what's going to happen? Yeah, eventually <laughs> your wishes will come true and he'll leave. But Exactly. Yeah, dude, the Boston media is savage. Dude, they yes. Are, they really embody... <laughs> The city very well, quite frankly. <laughs> they sure as hell do. I, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and uh, and he was saying that he has season tickets to the Celtics, and he was just saying that the the Garden just feels so deflated and just so everybody knows the writing's on the wall that this team stinks, and it's going to take getting Kyrie out of here. And I don't know what they're going to do with Gordon Hayward. I have no idea. To be honest, at this point, you guys are going to think I'm crazy. I really think they should sign Mello. 
Holy shit! I never thought those words would come out of your mouth. But well, why Just would do the, you? Wait, do a buyout or did we did we go back to two thousand eight? What is well? What well, it's it? more than anything else. It's just trying to light a spark under this team because nothing else seems to have done it. They've done this thing all year where they seem to turn a corner and they turn around and have two huge embarrassing losses to teams like Orlando. Yeah, and that loss to Chicago was oh awful. god, that was my bad. Boy, my boy Larry Markinen dropped thirty five <laughs> fifteen on him. He's the best player <laughs> that day. He it's might be he might be better than Jason Tatum when it's all said and done. <laughs> Dude, he really might. It's just is it not mind-boggling that what 10 months ago we were saying like holy shit, look how good this team is. Look at the assets they have in picks. Look how great this coach is and their two best players aren't even playing and then it's like Terry Rozier forgot how to fucking play basketball. Jason Tatum can't like dribble anymore and he just wants to take bad 20-foot shots. Uh, you know, I, I really like Jalen Brown, but he disappears way too often. Al Horford's aging. It's And Gordon Hayward has one of the worst contracts in the NBA based on how he's playing now. I mean, it's almost to a point where it's like you went from being the best situation for the next decade to do we blow this thing up? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing. And that's the question that they're asking themselves now, because and this is almost the same thing that the Lakers have gotten into, which we'll talk about in a minute. But whenever you talk about trading half the team for Anthony Davis, these kinds of things start to seep in and happen. And I mean, I I don't even really know where they go at this point, to be honest with you, because it's it's just a team that stinks somehow or another. And they shouldn't, but they do. And I don't know if that's a coaching thing. It doesn't. I mean, it seems like Boy Genius seems to have everything under control, but, I mean, that locker room is not good. That's a bad situation. Boston has dropped from number one to number five in defensive rating in about a month. Yeah. Um, Which is really the only thing for me. Like, I do – I am at the point where I feel like Brad Stevens is overrated. That was really the only thing that was still holding holding on to Brad Stevens as a good coach. Dude, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a couple of big things. He doesn't know how to stagger his players. I don't think he's never in his life won with a superstar. And Kyrie's averaging 22 points a game, dude. That guy needs to be averaging 25 or 26. He yes. needs to be taking more shots. Um, the rotations also, are bad. The rotations the, are really bad. They're very bad. And he hasn't fixed Tatum from taking one dribble inside the three point line. Like it's been an entire year. Teach that dude to take one dribble to your right and shoot a three instead of a two. Dude, like exactly. that's not hard. To, to, I, I don't know why he can't do that. But he hasn't strong-armed his way into saying, Tatum, you're either going to stop shooting that shot or I'm going to bench you. We've got Jalen Brown on the bench, and I'm going to give him more minutes. Well, and that, but that's the thing, too, is the team chemistry is so bad that they won't listen to each other at all. They don't. Nobody listens to Kyrie. He doesn't have any kind of control of that team whatsoever. He's not any kind of leader in the locker room. And you he's not tell. a leader of men. I, I think he wants to be. But I just don't not. think he knows how. And on top of that, I think one of the things that I shouldn't ever question Danny Age, I don't know why I am, but I really, really feel like he should have traded away like Rogier at the deadline, for example. He's a great example of a guy that could probably be a solid bench guy, if not maybe a starter on a lesser team, depending on what the situation is. But, I mean, he would have been a rental no matter what. And it's guys like him that are itching for playing time that got you to the fuck like game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And, you know, got beat out by LeBron. I mean, how I mean, how is that bad without your superstar? I mean, it's not like the the chemistry isn't there. It's just it's almost like it's a crowded locker room that just hasn't ever really worked that out. And now it's just turned bad. That's the best way to describe I, it. I'm not like an Ange these days. I think the entire league is mad at Ange. 
to be honest with you, for what happened with Isaiah. Really? I think that, yeah, I really do. I, I mean, you hear a lot of a lot of players talking about it. What? Oh, and so a lot t- of players. So like, that me. was my thing with Anthony Davis, is it was pretty obvious that he didn't really trust Boston. I don't think Kyrie does either. But why? why what does, what message does that send to the rest of the league that is negative? Do you mean to the what? players? Yeah, to the players. I, I don't, like, owners, I don't care. They, they're all just trying to make money. I'm talking about to the players. Who are the real assets? Like, dude, I can be an owner. Like, if I had enough money, right? I can't be an owner right now. But if I had enough money, I can be an owner. There's one LeBron James in the world. There's one Kyrie Irving in the world. You know, those are the guys that are the real assets. So I think you have to, like, appeal to them more than you have to appeal to other GMs, other head coaches. Yeah. Don't sell, you, don't sell yourself short, Josh. You'll be an owner after you get this degree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the pod goes big, one of the two. Or maybe a combination <laughs> of the both. I don't know. Maybe Josh rigs up some program. I don't know. Uh, no, it's possible. I, I think that makes sense. I, I just, I don't know, man. It, it's a really weird thing. Uh, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast this, uh, yesterday or this morning, something, some combination of both. And they were talking about how uh, it, it just, it feels like a situation where they're just going to have to blow it up because they don't really know what else they're going to do. And I mean, it, I don't really hate that idea, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of valuable pieces there, but you're not going to, I don't know, maybe maybe you just can't tank that way. I just felt like that was one of the only ways that you could build an actual, you know, an actual contender out of nothing like Golden State did years ago. Yep. I wouldn't blow that up. I I think, like, there's either, there's either in this league nowadays, it's, it's frustrating because it's either, you're winning a championship or you're tanking. And that's frustrating to me. They have the assets. They don't even need to blow it up. Even if they lose Kyrie, just hang tight for two or three years. Yeah. And you'll There's be no more years of uh, Memphis Grizzlies like seven years ago that would just fight for the eight seed every single year. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's okay to be a six or seven seed as long as you have people that are evolving into superstars. I, I think that Bill – I love Bill Simmons. I think he's wrong. I don't think you blow it up. Just get – even if Kyrie leaves, so what? Like try and sign superstars. Let Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum uh, get better, and let Jordan Hayward get better. See if you can re-sign him whenever he's finally healthy. But you've yeah. got to have somebody that's going to come in and be a room veteran, I think. And I think that's that's really that was the problem with doing what they did, where they just blew the blew it the hell up. Which, hey, I mean, I'm not complaining because that that was the fleecing of a lifetime, and I'm couldn't be more thrilled about. It. Now the Nets are finally rising from the ashes, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But like. D'Angelo Russell, man. Dude, I'm telling you. That, and Dinwiddie, too. Uh, that that would, guy has really, really shocked me because I thought D'Angelo Russell was a bust. I would love for the Mavericks to go out and try to sign him this summer. That'd be amazing. I think, yeah. end of the day, my conclusion, all the Celtics need to do is sign Jimmy Butler. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> There's your veteran leadership, baby. Josh was so excited. He's like, what does Kyle have here? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Be, I mean, Horford's got like a player option for like 24 mil or something. So you got just between Hayward and Horford next year, 54 million on the books. And those guys are like, not, obviously not worth that kind of money. I like Horford, but not for that much. Um, while sure. I had the defensive rating uh, sort or defensive rating sorted, do you know who number one is? Probably Milwaukee, the way you just asked me that question. <laughs> it's, it's Milwaukee. <laughs> it's Milwaukee. Oklahoma City is three. Uh, the Warriors are 15. So Warriors are league average. Now they have the best offensive rating, but um, Milwaukee's number three for offensive rating. They're dicking so. around on defense. So like that is true. I can't take the Warriors seriously because I don't know if they're fucking trying. Yeah, that is true. I I'm not um, really sure what their situation is, but I just feel like 
they don't really give a shit until the playoffs get here. No, and I mean it's not a foregone cl- conclusion they're going to get the one seed. I mean they're two games ahead right now, yeah. so we'll we'll see how it plays out. But like I said, I really think Houston's going to be their biggest challenge. Even though I, in my heart I want it to be OKC, I just don't know if I see that happening. Uh, you know, we obviously I want to talk about the the Lakers and LeBron. I think that's going to probably you know take us a few minutes. So before we transition that way, let's talk about the Dirk you know, retirement tour, if you will. Uh, I thought, I think it was, I mean, we haven't done an episode in a couple of weeks. It was a few weeks back where Doc Rivers did the, you know, took a timeout, basically got everyone in the arena to stand up, you know, honor him, which I fucking don't like Doc Rivers. So that made me like him a lot more because that was really cool. And it was a pretty special moment. But doesn't it kind of feel like everyone's just like, hey, Derek, you're fucking retiring. He's like, I haven't announced anything yet. <laughs> Yeah, it, it definitely does feel that way. Uh, so I agree with you. I, I don't like Doc Rivers at all. So fuck him. And I don't. This this doesn't help me gain any more respect for him. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Doesn't do anything for you. No, I mean, good he for you, Dirk. He, he won you a championship. Good for Dirk. He he. Well, yeah, but uh, he, dude, any any coach that you would have plugged in there. Yeah, that roster. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, you know. But anyway, so I, I just I feel like. So I'm a little bit of a contrarian here on this opinion. I'm fucking sick of this already because. Like, Dirk keeps saying, I'm not going to retire, but I think it's right. pretty obvious he's going to retire. And okay. I, I just, I don't know how you keep putting him out there night after night. I mean, that guy runs like a solid figure. Like, literally, like, if you just chopped him off, he, he runs like I picture uh, Cotton on King of the Hill runs with no knees, where he just, like, <laughs> hobbles. That's That's what it's like at this point. And it's like, dude, just don't try to keep doing a victory lap just because you think you feel all right. You're just not... It, it, it's almost like I know Dirk. I know Dirk. He's not patting himself on the back here, but it just kind of feels like he's enjoying the retirement tour and just own it. You know, right. it's okay. Like you deserve it. He fucking deserves all the praise in the world that he gets. He should be getting more, and he's not. And that's the worst part about it because he kind of keeps dragging it out. Like, oh, I might play, and it's like, well, okay. <laughs> well, kudos to your King of the Hill reference. We definitely need more of those. <laughs> But yeah, I could, fantastic. I could definitely see how you get you're getting tired of it. Uh, he even though he hasn't announced it, like dude's got to retire, right? Like we we all have tickets. We've you seen that guy's warm up? It is fucking atrocious. He's doing like band work, and he looks so stiff, so unathletic. It looks like a baby giraffe mixed with like a kindergartner trying to play in the NBA, and it's a fucking joke. But what I would be okay with if he did not retire. Was him taking the absolute league minimum, which I think is like one two or one seven. No, it's like five hundred grand. It's something. Is it five hundred? Yeah, it's something Are you sure? cheap. Yeah. Okay. Whatever the yeah. league league minimum is or vet minimum, just bring him back just to keep KP because I think he can like talk KP into re-signing and he can help KP develop his shot. I'll, I'll pay Dirk five hundred grand for that to be the fifteenth man if he doesn't want to retire, or just hire him as a coach. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I could see, I. I what did I hear him on? I heard him on JJ Reddick's podcast and he was like, you know, JJ Reddick asked me, you see yourself going into coaching your, uh, you know, GM or back, uh, front office. He's like, definitely not coaching, but probably front office. So I'd okay. like to see him get involved with, with Donnie. I would too. It's really hard for the greats to coach um, because they expect people to play the way that they play, you know? So exactly. I, I can see where that's coming from. Yeah. But I mean, that's a very unique situation. That's a lot of white guys that need another white guy to coach them. <laughs> <laughs> That's really true. It's really starting uh, to concern me, to be honest with you, the amount of white guys that are on that team. 
Yeah, I think we need to just cut Maxi Kleber for no apparent reason. <laughs> just send a message. <laughs> Diversity, damn it. <laughs> so let's let's go ahead and do the inevitable and dive into the debacle of the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James. You know, we've gone back and forth on this a little bit on the group text, all in good fun. I think Josh thought it was a little more heated than it actually was. For sure. uh, I, I was like, oh, no, the podcast is going to end. <laughs> Josh called me. He's like, you good, man? I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm straight. What are you talking about? Uh, you know, it's I, I've made it known on here. I'm a big LeBron fan. I try to be – I try to be as objective as possible. I feel like I am being here, and the more I analyze it, I was being defensive at first. The more I analyze it, I don't know if he's necessarily being an asshole or I have a problem with what he's doing. One thing I can say is he's not being a good teammate. Other than that, I don't have any problems with what he's doing. I I think the biggest issue is that it's going to detour free agents from wanting to come there. I don't think people just want to sign with LeBron, you know, out the door. I don't think people are lining up like they were in 2010 to play with LeBron. I think that we agree on most of this, to be honest with you. I don't think that there's a whole lot of contention as far as that goes. I I, I mean, there's some small parts that we argued about, but I think that overall, I, I think we're kind of on the same page. Um, I agree with you in that case, in that sense, though, that it's going to deter the way he's acting is going to deter people from from signing there. And that would be my biggest concern. And which leads me to be, like feel like he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and I, I think – and he's almost ha- has that kind of persona, like, I don't fucking care. Like, he's playing that way. He's kind of carrying himself that way. And I think we're seeing that although this is a guy that's carried himself well, he's been a great leader of men, he's really matured and developed, he's still a 33, 34-year-old guy that, you know, is is imperfect. And he's been a bad teammate. He's not been a great leader. But I think he expects more out of these guys, and he wants all these guys to wake up and just, you know, to quote Ricky Bobby, just piss excellence in the morning. And these guys aren't built like that. Like, I think these guys just kind of want to hoop and live in L.A. I do not think that they have the drive because that Lakers roster is not that much different than the Cavs roster from last year. But I think the guys on the Cavs gave more of a shit. And I think these Laker guys are a bunch of soft-ass motherfuckers. Like, I think Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram, I'm not going to say that about Rondo, but Kuzma and Ingram – and KCP and JaVale McGee, I don't think these guys have the heart and the desire to win, and I think it's pissing LeBron off. And in an immature fashion, his reaction to that is, well, fuck this. And if it's going to be like that, just fake an injury and shut it down. Josh, where's your head at on all this? So I think that LeBron's being a bad leader. I think he's being a bad teammate. But I think that the problem is not with him. I think the problem is that Magic put together a really crappy team for LeBron to be on. Correct. The historically, LeBron has won with, and while talent-wise, this team is probably about the same as Cleveland. It's built differently. Historically, LeBron has won by you put LeBron on the court and then you put a bunch of three-point shooters around him and maybe a big man that can rebound. Um, this team isn't like that. The person that's supposed to be the best three-point shooter on that team is um uh Kyle oh, okay. Kuzma shooting yeah. yeah KCP Kyle Kuzma Kuzma shooting 31.2% from the field from from the three point line like that's bad dude let's see what like it's just they built a team that um that isn't 
isn't built for him. Like he doesn't when you garner when you garner all of the defense into the paint like he needs or like he does whenever he drives the paint and you kick out and then you have a 31% chance of making that three. That's worse than shooting a 50-50 shot from the from the field. Right? Mm-hmm. That's worse than that's worse than a layup. Um well, not a layup, but that's worse than a mid-range shot. 31%. Mm-hmm. KCP is shooting 34%, so that's not even great. It's better. It's not that great though. Um so I think that the team is just built poorly, and I think that that's Magic's fault. It, how could it be? Magic's been there for two years. He got hired in February I mean, 2017. Got, I mean, he didn't really yeah, but, build that team. Magic but gave out has, the contracts to, uh, I think, as, as, where are you going to say that, Josh? I mean, he gave the contracts out to Lance Stevenson, Rondo, JaVel McGee. Yeah. What the fuck do you think that was going to work? No, yeah, I definitely exactly. agree with that. That's what I was saying is that Rondo is ball dominant. Like, Lance Stevenson can't knock down threes. He's a great defender. JaVel McGee... I hope I never see him shoot a three, right? Like you, he didn't, even just those little signs, he should have been going after shooters. He should have been going after those D's and threes guys, but he went and built a team that's supposed to be playing in the nineties is what he's built. Shocking. Amazing. Almost like that. (laughs) You know, that's what he, you know, watched as he kind of came up through the NBA. My point is though that, so the funny part about this whole thing has been how outraged everybody's been about LeBron's lack of defense lately. He's, He's always been doing, been doing that shit. <laughs> He's been doing that since he got Miami. That dude played fucking elite defense. Absolutely. But he hasn't since. done that in years because he doesn't need to. And that's how he manages his load throughout the game. Right. He and, fucking sags off, dude. I used to lose my mind the first year in Cleveland when he would just sag off. And then I realized, oh, fuck, this is how LeBron continues to play 40 minutes a game after he's put more miles on his body than anybody else at this point in their career. No one else has played this many minutes in their career and st- still been able to play at this level and be in that kind of conditioning. All I was reading online, you know, because he's been playing at like 245, 250, that he, he's playing at like 275 right now. Like he's gotten really, I want to say out of shape. That's <laughs> It's all relative, but he's yeah. putting on some, some extra pounds um, with that injury that, I mean, he, Carries two seventy five pretty well, but yeah, that's that's too heavy. Yeah, for that him. dude's still jacked. Well, but at, at thirty four, yeah. he can't be playing at that weight. The two fifty right. is much better. But my he thing, was playing at like he was playing at like two eighty in Miami, but that was when he was young and still had a forty inch vertical. You yeah, know, and more steroids in him, and you know that yeah. always helps. Yeah, right. I mean, here is my biggest thing about the whole ordeal, though, is that like LeBron. So, Josh, you're one hundred percent correct. That team was not built the way for anything that LeBron to accentuate anything in LeBron's game period and that's fine but the fact that LeBron walked in the door and thought that they were just gonna blow everything up and for him like they did in Cleveland and then whenever they weren't able to make that happen he just seems like oh well I'll fuck these guys like he just walked in there and nuked the entire chemistry. I mean, what if I just walked in here and started shitting on you guys all the time for doing this work that we do on the podcast? Like that would be really shitty to do, right? But like that doesn't give me, and I don't, I don't have a right to do that just because I have other shows. That's not how that works. I, I see the point you're making, but it would be more like Bill Simmons telling me I suck at doing podcasts, and I'm doing <laughs> Bill, I guess because okay, fine, like LeBron, LeBron. I think we agree on more things than I realized, but the two parts that we disagree on the most, one, and probably not as much of a, a disagreement, is I think LeBron has the right to say, fuck you, I don't want you here, fuck you, I don't want you here, I don't want this roster, I don't like you. I don't. He has that right. None of these guys have ever done shit. None of these guys really look like they're going to be all-star potential, and 
LeBron, how do you know that? How do you know because that? Because they didn't look like it last year before LeBron was on the team. But don't you think that they, they could use LeBron's like talents and things like that to help get these young guys up to speed to if learn they what they're doing? they that mindset. I don't think – I think all these dudes are mentally weak. And I just – I like but I don't do have know a, that, I guess though? The, he's given them the fucking finger since he's been there. I think he has the right to do that is my point. And, it, you know, you may not like it. It may not – and it may not be helpful. I'm just saying I think he has the right where – there's probably only two or three other players in the league that have the right to do that. But I think the biggest area we disagree on, um, and we talked about this on the uh, in our group chat, is that the lack of focus, that you think he's more focused on Hollywood and Space Jam too, which I, I get that. I think LeBron James still wants to win championships more than anybody in the league, and that's my personal opinion. Um, and I think even though it's a terrible way to go about it, the way he's behaving in this frustration is – built on the fact that he's so hungry to win another championship and he just knows there's no way and he's reacting poorly. And here's my big, but my biggest thing about it is this league is set up to where the big dogs in the league aren't supposed to go and pilfer small teams and just steal talent away just because I'm LeBron. That's not how this works. It's a, it's still a league. We're still trying to keep everything as balanced as possible. Now, does that always happen? Absolutely not. Is it naive to think that there's, you know, not back channeling and talking and shit going on? Absolutely. That shit's happening everywhere. It doesn't matter. I mean, all 30 teams, no, no matter what. But the point is, it ca it cannot be a thing where LeBron just claps his hands and everybody comes running. Like, that's not how this is supposed to work. And further than Agreed. that, I think that by acting like that's the case, that is going to severely impede their free agency in the future. I don't think Anthony Davis or anybody like that is going to even come close. And you know who is absolutely going to be a Laker next year and I can't wait for is Jimmy fucking Butler. God almighty. And guess how that's um, going to go. God almighty, that's going to go. I feel like I can't say anything after that. <laughs> LeBron and Jimmy Butler are just going to end up fighting the entire team. That's what I'm saying. And, you, and LeBron thinks he fucking hates it now. I mean, wait till you ship all these guys out for even worse players because, I mean, look at what he just left in Cleveland. He left a goddamn heap of ashes. There's nothing for that team. <laughs> Dude, that team is horrible. And they did everything they possibly could, several times, I might add, to try to keep him there, and it still didn't work. He still gave them all the fingers. So I, I just, I guess, like, I get what you're saying, Kyle. Like, he's definitely earned the right by winning rings and everything. But the fact that he walked in and just blew the goddamn locker room up by acting like those guys don't matter when he actually needs those guys to at least be halfway decent is... But he didn't act like that from the get-go, right? I, they, honestly, I, I didn't really follow him at the beginning. Because no. no. before he got hurt, they were the fourth seed. That's true. I think you realize... I mean, dude, LeBron's still the, the best player and the most valuable player. Look how fucking bad that team was without yeah. him and look how good they were with, with him. Are they the that much better? They're not in the playoffs. They're barely a 500 team. But they were the four seed before he got hurt. Yeah, yeah that's true. This, but it this guy's 34, dude. He has to, like, and he's... He needs more help. Fighting for, he's fighting for the greatest player of all time, and he's 34. Like, how many people are playing at 35, 36? Not very many. And he's still not at the top of his game, but he's still great and still a top five player at 34. He has to do something quick. Um, and I think what has happened is he's got there. He's been signing these one-year deals and holding teams hostage the entire time and going, okay, this is working for me. Players are actually putting stuff around me. And then he signs a four-year deal with Magic, and then Magic doesn't do anything except for putting, like, crap around him. And now he's frustrated and pissed off. And I think he's taking that on his team. I, yeah. I, I could agree he with brought, that. He brought it upon himself, so I, I get where you're coming from there. The other part about that is I don't – So, and this is not even on LeBron or anything – 
Why didn't Magic go out and try to get anybody else besides Anthony Davis? He did nothing. So we got Reggie Bullock. <laughs> who else? <laughs> yeah. All right, God that's fair. He didn't do who nothing. Who else are they going to get besides Anthony Davis? Like we go down the list of of kind of you know marquee players. KD isn't going there. Kawhi's not going there. Tobias Harris is probably going to get resigned. Kyrie maybe, but probably New York. You know, Vucevic probably not. Clay. If Golden State doesn't sign him, yes, but I don't think that happens. I just like I don't see a lot of other options besides AD and God forbid, maybe Jimmy fucking Butler. God, I'm just it's saying bad. It, it's, it's bad. It, he's putting them in a really shitty position. You he think is. that you're kind of unhappy with how things are going now? It's going to get worse. I can tell you, it's going to get worse. So does our podcast shut down if Kyrie goes to LA? No, I think that's going to go. What do we do if Kyrie goes to LA? That's going to be electric content. If Kyrie goes to LA, and at this point, I think it'll happen. At I th- think they could compete if Kyrie goes to LA. At this point, Dude. get the fuck out of here. The way I see it, I don't fucking care. <laughs> so, I I don't have a problem with him going after nobody but AD. Um, I think the Pelicans were absolutely absolute idiots to turn down what he gave them. Um, I think that eventually AD is going to go there and that they'll get less for him because I think that Boston's slowly feeling like their franchise is slipping away. Um, and I don't think that they're going to be able to give up that much stuff for a loner on AD who's just going to leave the next year. If you Whoa. need AD, you just need three shooters, and you're competing. Not even that. That's the two best. That's two of the three best t- players in the league. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just put some, put like a stretch four, or or rim rim runner, and then just get a couple guards or a couple wings that can play D and three. I'm pretty sure you could pull Dirk out of retirement and stick him on the in the corner and win with those two players. But no. nonetheless, like they 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 this is gotcha. the this is what. The Warriors, this is the type of league that the Warriors have built. Um, actually, I'll even I'll even give the LeBron haters a shout out. This is the type of league that LeBron has built in that when he went to Miami, he grabbed Dwayne Wade and he pulled in Chris Bosch too. That's a super team. And you have to win by super teams now after what happened in the shift to the Warriors. Yep. So he has to go, like Magic has to go out and try and pick up a super team any way he can. So what happens if he fails? I mean, you still got LeBron for four years, right? Yeah, you got a pissed <laughs> off. You got a pissed off LeBron. I mean, you're right, Justin. I mean, there's it's a fork in the road this offseason. It could go either way, and if it goes south, it's going to be ugly. And the last thing I want to see, but I wouldn't rule it out, is LeBron James just quits on this franchise because I'll lose a lot of respect for him uh, as my one of my favorite athletes of all time. Yeah, I would lose a lot of respect for him. And the reason Kobe is my favorite athlete of all time is Kobe. Kobe wouldn't behave in this manner. No That's matter my what. point. And I don't ever stand up for Kobe Bryant. Yeah. But Are Kobe you would, Kobe Bryant right now? Dude, but Kobe would never act like this. And it's funny. I mean, he asked for a trade. Or he was, like, shouting for trades in 2006. Sure, but at least he was doing that and not shouting for everybody else to be traded. And that was after three seasons of losing. And I still somehow think LeBron has been a worse teammate than Kobe was. And Kobe was a pretty bad teammate. But Kobe was a a bad teammate in terms of he would just be like, you fucking suck at basketball. This is what you need to do. Listen to me. LeBron is like, I mean, he is just, he's publicly shitting on him. It's almost like a, a, a passive aggressive. Like I'm going to shit on you through the media and I'm not going to say it to your face where Kobe's just going to walk up to you and be like, dude, hey, I fuck fucking you. Yeah. Is right. there, and I, I respect that more. Is there a tactic really we're like- missing here though, that LeBron's trying to pull off? Is there something we're not seeing here? No, I, like I so speak with, to speak to the Kobe thing, I really, I know Kobe's your boy. I really don't feel like he was ever a bad teammate. 
I feel like when he was doing the exact same thing when they were winning championships, everybody was going, oh, Kobe's a great, great leader. Yeah, like, that's I thought that he was just the same leader throughout his entire life, except for he got more mature as he got older. Um, he was a hard ass who wants you to perform at your best. That's why he hated Shaq is because Shaq would show up 40 pounds overweight. Right. And Kobe was training every, every morning at 3 a.m. Bad teammate you know? was the wrong adjective. He's just a ball buster. And some yeah, guys exactly. don't, have, don't have the backbone to take that. So whenever you're a leader and you're a ball buster, the way that you lead poorly or the way that you – whenever you're losing, what happens is people people go, this guy's a dickhead. Like he's being a jerk to all these players. But whenever you're not a ball buster, whenever you're buddy-buddy with people and you're losing and then you, you're not buddy-buddy with people anymore, people go, he's a bad leader. No, it's just the antithesis of what's happening because you're losing. Like Kobe was the Good same point. way. It's just what happened whenever he started losing. That's true. Yeah, that's well articulated. That's a good they're point. Just, they're just different type of leaders. Yeah. One other thing that I was uh, going to bring up to you, Kyle, and then we're going to wrap up with Lakers and the the show. But um, we were ta- you were talking about how you don't feel like he's distracted at all from winning, and and that you know he's a hundred percent locked in. Or, or I, know I, I don't. This is going. I, I'm sorry. I didn't. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Is that? No. That's essentially what I'm saying, okay. and I have a feeling I know where this is going. But well, go, all go I was going to say is, I mean, what do you think of him not playing in a game one night, them getting their asses handed to them, and, Don't then, him, say the two chains and then him shit. showing up in the studio with 2 chains, Bro, that, okay, so I watched a 2 chains <laughs> interview. That wasn't the same day, and it was, dude, that, but, that's just so blown out of proportion because okay, he's but, drinking a little wine. The, fe- the, bigger, the bigger joke is that LeBron was listed as an A&R on an album because all he did so, was say, yeah, I think that beat was pretty cool. Yeah, no, so I definitely agree with that part of it. But uh, even if it wasn't that same day, that's a really stupid-ass time to post something like that. And LeBron James it's knows... It's a fucking, fucking horrible time. He and knows I think, better than that, or he should so know better than that. He should absolutely know better than that. I do not think it's a, a distraction to him. It may be a distraction to others. I don't think he's distracted. I think he... If he was, if they were in the four seed right now, he would be locked in playoff mode. LeBron. What I do think it is, it shows is another. It's just more evidence of him reacting to the situation poorly. That was a passive aggressive post. He didn't need to post that. He did it to send a message of like, I'm fucking done with this season. I'm I'm doing this shit with two chains until we all get some guys that can hoop around me. I don't give a shit. And that's a bad message to send, even though I get it. Yeah. And I think it's true. You just don't do it right. Yeah. And his team needs to be better than that around him. Side note, I'm going to, you know, Kyle, I'm Kyle Beats. Dude, that 2 Chains album is one of the best hip-hop albums of the good. last five years. It's pretty fucking good. <laughs> pretty fucking good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'll give him that. Uh, Dude, I don't got another ring for him, It's called Hooper Go to the League. Y'all need to check it yeah. out. It's got great social commentary. It's not your typical trap rap 2 Chains radio stuff. It's it's a good album. I didn't want to like it, but I knew, uh, but I do. It's good. It's a good album, man. Yeah. No, LeBron uh, James is a better... Uh, guest recording out artist than Michael Jordan ever was. Jordan <laughs> would have dropped five or six better albums. Well, one one other thing, Kyle. How do you explain him throwing the ball up against the backboard the other night? He's acting childish, man. I can't I can't defend <laughs> so everything. Weird. Like I want to, but so I can't. Weird. <laughs> it's fucking bad. It's like if you were like 23 year old LeBron, cool. Sure. You're 34. Yeah. That's you can't do that shit, dude. Like <laughs> And I, I get it because, and I think that goes back to I still think he's that much of a competitor and he wants to win that bad that he's just behaving poorly. Yeah. He's just not dealing with it totally well. And I think, I, I'm really hoping he, I'm really hoping they sign KD or, or AD or Kyrie or get somebody this offseason. But hopefully he takes some time this offseason to kind of reflect on he's not going to come out and publicly apologize. That just ain't going to look good. But I yeah. think he, 
needs to Just really take some down. time yeah. and and realize I need to be better. Sit the next couple of rounds out. Yeah. It's like whenever Josh starts talking about Gilbert Arenas. Just pipe down. <laughs> I haven't talked about Gilbert or Arenas. Or I'm ready. I'm ready for some of yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I haven't heard it on the show in a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, they put him in NBA 2K on all-star team-up mode. And Ooh. I freaking wet on people with him in 2K, baby. <laughs> Does he have, 60. Instead, instead of getting like the little heat next to his name, does he get like a gun, a little gun sign, <laughs> a little 45? Yeah, and I start making $5 bets with people on the <laughs> sidelines. Actually, that game sucks. Don't pick it up. You can't make a freaking layup to save your life in that game. <laughs> you have to just shoot threes. It's just like it's like everybody that uh, – I digress. But anyways, one more thing. What is your thoughts in, the, in regards to the Kuzma push by LeBron? Yeah, Not a big deal. Yeah, get, pay a fuck attention. Go play defense. Yeah, 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 no big deal. I don't think LeBron takes it. I, I think that's blown out of proportion. Yeah, I agree. yeah, I agree. That was something that you can't communicate. Hey, you should be on that guy fast enough. He just shoved him, shoved yeah. him over there, to get him over there. It's not a big deal. But LeBron should have been paying attention. Exactly. Yep. All right, boys. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for us this week. We'll be uh, we'll be back next week. We'll have some more content. Games are picking back up. We're getting out of the uh, the All Star break, coming into the last fifteen games of the season or so. So. Looking forward to it, and uh, can't wait to see you guys next week. See you, boys. See you, bud. Later.